Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, uh, Jocelyn. We don't have to talk about God of War Ragnarok this week. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, one more episode. Well, two more episodes. Which is, yeah, which is another reason why, uh, so we were talking pre-show about the Game Awards, which is going to be our big topic today, <laughs> and we were discussing about how much we either liked or disliked Game Awards specifically, or just award shows in general, and oh my god, I felt for those Horizon devs so much. <laughs> <laughs> And like, I haven't paid attention. I didn't see the announcements. I didn't really pay too much attention to like the uh, nominees or anything else. But like literally, Horizon was like the first thing they announced for Game of the Year. And I was like, yay, Horizon. And then there were a couple of other kind of smaller titles. And I was like, how many uh, nominations are there? Like, did they not nominate Elden Ring and Ragnarok? Like, what is happening? Could Horizon win? No. <laughs> is the answer to that question. And every question, every time it came up during the evening. And you could just see them, like, sitting in the audience when they announced the, the winner, which we'll talk about later. And, uh, yeah, just the, their faces just, like, fell. And I'm like, oh, your game is so good. <laughs> Don't let this get to you. Make more. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it was a rough night for Horizon fans, but yeah. uh, a good night for for other fans, for Ragnarok fans and Elden Ring fans alike. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about who won what uh, later on in the episode. But before we get into that, uh, what have you been playing, Ryan? I mean, you're all done with Ragnarok, so <laughs> what's filling the giant, giant void in your life? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Um, that is a good a good question. Um, so I've actually played more of this game in the last uh, week, two weeks, I guess, that it's been out. It came out December 2nd, so close to two weeks. I've been playing more of this game than I have played uh, of Ragnarok uh, so far. Like, it, this is this game has its... Claws Wait, me. what? Total? Yeah, total. Like I've just and really? maybe maybe that what like is happening. <laughs> I know. Maybe that includes like some leaving the game on because um I'm playing it on PC and I've gotten so used to um just being able to 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 uh turn off the console and then boot it back up and playing instantly. Okay, Jocelyn, I have another one of those like combination games tonight i know last time i talked about it it was like a potion it was dating the potion sim. dating sim yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh this one is uh is a combination of uh three houses but the monastery sections where you're kind of running around like an open environment talking to your uh friends in this case you're talking to your friends very key your friends and colleagues okay <laughs> I was like, the monastery means nothing to me, so... <laughs> yeah, like, in Fire Emblem, the, the game was split in two, where it was the classic turn-based combat, but also there was, like, a meta game where you were running around talking to your students and building relationships and just learning more about the story through conversation. And and it's very similar in the, in this game. I, I should just say, I'm playing Marvel Midnight Suns. Uh, I don't want... I don't necessarily need anyone to guess. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I was like, you did seem to kind of bury the lead there. No. I, there's no <laughs> point in burying Midnight the lead Suns. here. Okay. Yeah. Marvel Midnight Suns. Uh, so yeah, part monastery, three houses type stuff. Uh, part card battler in the gameplay uh, of the the action gameplay. When you go into missions and stuff, it's it's a it's a card battler. Um, but also part friendship simulator. 
Jocelyn. Uh, and that's okay. key. You you are not dating these superheroes. You are becoming bestest buds uh, to the point where you are earning friendship points uh, with these, <laughs> these other heroes. So uh, essentially how it goes is you are the hunter. You've been resurrected after 300 years uh, to take on your mother, Lilith, uh, to avoid the uh, cataclysmic event that is the Midnight Sun. I know it's it's weird, like the Midnight Sun is the bad thing, but the Midnight Suns is the team that fights the bad thing. <laughs> yeah, that's not confusing at all. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> it's uh, it's Marvel, and it, it, yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's there's this game is packed to the gills with Marvel. Um, I know, like if you played, I know you played Marvel Spider Man, and that game also felt very packed, but it was like it was. It was more strategic in its references, and it was very focused on on Spider Man and 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 his various enemies. Like whenever they kind of referenced the Avengers, or um, there's a couple things you could run a- across in Spider Man. You you could come across like the Wakandan uh, embassy, uh, the the Sanctum where Doctor Strange is. But yep. it's just a little bit of flavor text, right? It's nothing. Yeah, you don't actually interact with it really. No, but in this one. Um, you are you were sort of joined by like a host of heroes uh, at the Abbey, which is the place where your sort of um, your team is set up. And the team is made up of the Midnight Suns, which is Blade, uh, Nico from the Runaways, uh, Magic, uh, who is like the sister of Colossus from Deadpool. I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't. Oh, okay, I, I was like, the only thing I know is that she makes there be a turn seven this game. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. So you've you've probably got more Marvel knowledge than than me since you've been playing Marvel. Well, Snap. I mean, like I know names. That's good. That's more than I knew. I I didn't know who Magic was. She is awesome in this game, and she has a, a, a lot of really cool abilities. Um, and we'll get to that. But like, there's uh, there's also Blade as part of the Midnight Suns, and uh, I think I said Blade and Robbie the 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 Ghost Rider, but not not the Nicolas Cage. Ghost Rider, although he's in okay. it, not Nicolas Cage, but Johnny Blaze. And and this is the thing, like, there are so many characters. That is just, like, the first say, four. There's definitely Wolverine, yes. who is featured kind of um, prominently in the marketing anyways. Um, and, <laughs> it, and so you said card battler, but, like, I was then not expecting card, like, 3D action sequences yeah. when you play your cards. Like, this is pretty freaking cool. It is. Uh, so I'll say this, like the card battling stuff is 100% amazing, awesome, like cannot get enough of it. And I think it comes down to the fact of like, this is made by the XCOM team, which is the other reason. Yeah, why it was, looks very XCOM-y. That yeah, was going to be my next uh, like comment. Exactly. So like, and, and that, that comes down to like why I knew I was going to play this to death because when I whenever I get my hands on an XCOM game I will just it's like my sieve where I will just sit and focus and play <laughs> until it's done and the problem with XCOM uh, not necessarily with XCOM XCOM had like more of a, a a countdown clock because like you had to micromanage your your sort of um all the aliens trying to take over the world right and and if you dawdled too long you would uh you would lose in Midnight Suns you there isn't necessarily this there is a doomsday clock but there's no rush to kind of fix it like um there doesn't appear to be like a time limit on how long uh you have to save certain areas like XCOM had you know oh you know the the world is slowly going to shit and 
the way to manage that is to do missions in specific areas. In this game, it's like if you wanted to, you could just, you know, grind for resources by doing side missions and the game's not going to punish you for that if you're not progressing the story. Like your characters will be like constantly saying, hey, you know, we should probably go find this person. Oh, man, where's this person? I can't find them. Like, we should go save Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man's been running away from Venom for like 30 days. And, you know, but it doesn't matter. You can you can let that happen. Um, you know. I'm just literally picturing Spider-Man like swinging around the city for literally a month going, Jess, someone, please save me. Why yeah. won't you listen? <laughs> you know what? I am the hunter. I don't take any orders from anyone because I am uh, I'm like the second oldest person at the Abbey. Um, there's someone older than me. Who's the oldest? Uh, the caretaker. She is... Oh. Uh, I don't. I don't actually don't know how old. That was uh, less exciting are. than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be some like big iconic character that I knew. <laughs> I could have just said it was Sarah because that's her. That's what a lot of people call her. But no, I think. Oh, okay, Sarah. I know who that is. <laughs> she makes all my cards cost one less. <laughs> oh, okay. But is it the caretaker or is it a different Sarah? I don't know. It's it's Sarah. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Um, I assume it's the same character. They're both Marvel characters named Sarah. How many can there be? I don't know. Probably How many Sarahs do you know in real life? <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, so many. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and how many uh, Logans do you know? But that we, we would call them Wolverine. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like there's a, there like early on in the game, you're doing a mission and, and Venom shows up. And uh, there are these... Um, and you see it in the marketing as well. They call them fallen villains. There are these, uh, not necessarily just villains, but they're the fallen superheroes and villains who are extra strong and will will kind of show up as bosses. And they have different mechanics from the general enemies that you're fighting, but they will they will kind of show up and, and they have to uh, be micromanaged a little bit because they have more abilities and, and can do more and different uh, stuff in combat. And that specific mission, Venom shows up and then Spider-Man kind of distracts Venom. And then like in the background of the game, Spider-Man has been leading Venom on this chase to kind of save people. And really, again, like your characters will say like, hey, anytime we want to, you know, try to look for <laughs> Spider-Man, we should probably lend him a hand. But here I am just running around the Abbey, like picking ingredients and trying to solve puzzles and you know, trying to collect as much. Uh, Being BFFs with Wolverine and yeah, Doctor Strange. I get it. I yeah, get it. <laughs> just going on hangouts with Iron Man and yeah, <laughs> just seeing what happens. Maybe we'll go to the arcade. Maybe we'll play video games. I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, there there is this whole aspect to it. It's kind of funny because like you can just do whatever you want. There's no, there is a apocalyptic event happening in the background, but the, the, the game doesn't want to rush you through the story. You can take your time. And yeah, it's probably going to bother folks that that feel like uh, there is this clock running in the background. Um, so if you I know, Jocelyn, you have that, you know, I wouldn't say problem, but like that that feeling when you're playing a game and like, you knowing like, oh, man, I really should go save Spider-Man. He's probably his. Yeah, he's probably they, feeling that it. would bother me so much. <laughs> yeah, it did not bother me. He was fine, by the way. And, and he um, he was super happy to join the team, <laughs> probably because then he could stop being chased by venom um but uh yeah like the monastery stuff or the abbey stuff is it it is mostly optional in the sense that eventually the game will say to you like hey you've experienced all the required stuff you have to do in the abbey the rest is completely optional 
So again, like the game is putting this message forward of like, don't worry if you hate the Abbey section, you really don't, you really can just do You don't do need to be here. <laughs> exactly. And the minimum would be basically just clearing conversations as they pop up on the map, going through um, the, the story requirements of talking to specific characters, you know, like characters telling you to go save Spider-Man. Um, and, and really that's it. But if you want to, you can engage in all the systems there in the Abbey and, you know, uh, become bestest friends with, with all these heroes. And, and there is like a gameplay mechanic of like the, the more, the more friendship points you have with a character, you level up your friendship and then you can also level up your, your team friendship level, uh, which gives you, (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sounds so funny because it's like on one hand, it's like it's a card battler, it's 3D XCOM, like it's super hardcore and so cool. And then it's like, and then you get to go and be best friends and look for flowers. And like yep. it's, it seems like it just doesn't fit together at all. You're not and wrong. Yet you're telling me that somehow it just works. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing like, I I like that, you know, I like that part of Fire Emblem, I like this part of this game. And I'm just trying to explain, like, for folks that are hearing this, like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend half my time, you know, and all the, there's a lot of dialogue in the game and all of it's voiced. Oh, that's nice. Cause that's always, that's the thing that always like bothers or not necessarily bothers me, but kind of like can put me off of that kind of content, like friendship, dating, Sims, whatever. Um, is that like it's not voiced, right? So there's so much reading, and I <laughs> don't play games to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's some know reading. It's awful. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I un, I 100% understand it. And again, like a majority of it, like all the story stuff, all of the dialogue is voiced, and I would say like all the voice acting is really good. Uh, it took me a long time to get used to uh, the voice of Tony Stark because, again, they have. Um, I got so used to Nolan North doing it in Avengers, and even that took a while because, like, again, they were just trying to. They were trying to. It felt like they were, and maybe they weren't, but like in my head, they were trying to emulate uh, Robert Downey Jr. from the yeah. MCU, and I think that's just more a me problem than. And and the MCU being so big problem, like you, you were always going to have that issue, but they didn't have Nolan North do uh, Tony Stark. I guess it's the same voice actor that did the the Iron Man VR game. Um, it just took me a while to get used to it, but it like it is very clearly Tony Stark, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the other voice acting, like Blade, is awesome. You know, uh, Captain Marvel is awesome. Like all of it's really well done. And they did their best to kind of bring a lot of the voice actors back that had previously voiced these characters, either in video games or animated projects. So um, I guess the the guy uh, who voices Wolverine had done a lot of projects for that character. And uh, the Spider-Man voice actor from the PlayStation games is, is voicing Spider-Man in this one. Oh, cool. So there's that continuation there that really helps, uh, I think. And um, look, like if you... If you look at the Abbey sections, you'll probably also notice like some of the character models don't hold up as well. Um, but really, like it is a it the game the core of the game is the missions you go on, and that all looks and the friends awesome. you make along the way and the friends you make <laughs> along. Like I I do want to stress like I'm sorry like I'm not I'm not, I'm not really trying to make fun of no. you slash the game like you're not wrong. Like here's the thing, um, 
it, I don't want to, you know, downplay the friendship stuff too much in, in that it is optional, but really like the more, the stronger the relationship you have with these characters and your team, the more access you have to better abilities and team up abilities. Like there are literally these abilities where, um, when you form like a bond with your team and your characters, you have the ability to do a team up, uh, uh, attack, which does so much damage and has like a huge flashy animation and it's really cool. And those are, those moves are critical in order to take some of the, uh, the enemies out later on in the game. And Mm -hmm. like, I'll say this, like the, the combat, the mission structure, like it is a small arena, similar to XCOM. You, you, you boot into this arena, you take three team, there are three uh, heroes in and they each have a deck of eight cards which uh, can be made up of attack, uh, support, and uh, heroic moves. Oh, right, because it's a card game. (laughs) Yeah, it is a card game. And each deck for a character uh, has to have at least one attack, one support, and and one heroic move in it. And that is the core rules. You you can build a deck for each character however you wish. Uh, You can upgrade uh, all your cards uh, by finding duplicates, or if you find a modded version, you can just upgrade that one with extra resources. You don't need a, a, like a like an identical card to to combine it with. So like it has all those card mechanics in there. Of like, there's even like opening packs. Every time you mi- you complete a mission, you get like what's called a gamma coil. Then you take it back to the abbey and Iron Man. You you have Iron Man. You know, do his Iron Man stuff with like the 3D computer stuff, and he just it's like, hey, here's some cards, and um, <laughs> you get you get a card or an ability card for each. the The cards that pop up are for the heroes that that you took into that mission. So, if you want more abilities for, say, Iron Man or Doctor Strange, you would take them into battle and have a guaranteed one of their cards to show up uh, when you get back to the Abbey. So it has all those trappings of card games, but also has all the, like the XCOM stuff of like upgrading doing research upgrading uh your abilities and and the upgrades of the abbey in order to get more bonuses and perks from doing missions and stuff so like it has all those systems combined into this game that is just like i'm gonna do one more day which is consisting of like talking to my heroes going on a mission doing some upgrades then exploring the abbey and literally like joining a hangout with my best bud (laughs) <laughs> Wolverine we're gonna go talk about we're gonna go play video games or something like you can play video games you can lounge at the pool you can play cards you can go for long walks you can find <laughs> these like hangouts uh places like I literally took Wolverine painting we went painting just set up some easels in the middle of this forest and we just painted it was lovely <laughs> um and then I and then you can give them a gift at the end you know you can say hey I think I had like a candle that smelled like dirt. He did not like that. No, uh, bad <laughs> I can't choice. Imagine why? Yeah, bad choice on my part. Um, but uh, and I'm not joking. There was a candle that literally the scent was dirt or something. <laughs> One of the heroes would probably probably um actually I don't know who would <laughs> who would like that. <laughs> who would like that? There's got to be somebody though, someone. right? Like <laughs> I'm 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 not sure who, but someone is disappointed that I gave the the dirt candle to Wolverine. <laughs> the wrong person. <laughs> um, but like you know, it all comes back to the missions and the combat, and you feel like you feel like these superheroes. Like it's very not since Spider Man have I felt like this 
just such power. Like again, as you're playing as these characters and you unlock more moves, uh, for example, like every character has like a different set of abilities and has a very different um, way of of playing and and augmenting their abilities. So like Iron Man gets bonuses when you redraw his cards. So on redraw, you add like an extra okay, perk cool. to one of his cards. And uh, Magic can create portals with her sword. So like one of her perks is to set up portals and then you can set up portals and directly control where you would like kick uh, uh, an enemy. So you can like aim the portal at like a, they have like hazards in, in the, in the map. So like you, you can aim it at like a power generator. So like you're guaranteed to hit that character through that portal and then hit this power generator. And then it's an AOE and, and that could, you know, set off a chain of events uh, with other enemies and every character is completely, they all play completely different. And that makes it every combat mission completely different. Because again, like, okay, this one I'm going to go in with the Hunter, Doctor Strange, and Magic. And then the next one I'm just going to go in with Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Blade. You know, and, and have a completely, you know, uh, a different time. And um, part of, like, the fun is, like, setting up these chain reactions and you can kind of... You can push enemies around the map and like literally shove them into each other and you're, you can do like these heroic moves. So as you like play abilities, you're gaining heroism and you're able to like jump off of like, um, you know, big objects in the map and like, you know, lunge down on and do like a super move on, on an enemy. Uh, you can like kick giant things across the map and have them like slide into other other enemies and and cause like a domino effect as like as that brick that giant brick hits enemies they go flying off in other directions and slam into other enemies and and like you can like really set up a lot of these really cool uh uh, chain reactions and kind of clear the map and and the idea basically is like as you're playing these combat missions is each round reinforcements are coming in so the idea is like you're three heroes you're not going to die you know and unless you like the map really goes bad but like (laughs) hydra is just sending in these reinforcements every turn and the idea is to basically not get overwhelmed uh until the mission is is over and at first i thought i don't know that that sounds kind of lame because like the whole point of XCOM was like strategically taking out a specific set of enemies. But when you start this, these combat missions, you know everybody that's on the map for that first round and you kind of see the whole thing. There's no fog of war mm-hmm. and you can kind of like plan accordingly. But uh, the idea here is like some missions have like specific mechanics that you have to fulfill. But for the most part, it's like, you know, each round there's going to be a set of reinforcements coming in that are going to, you're going to have to deal with. And uh, yeah, like it's just, the combat is just so fun and uh, fulfilling as you continue to explore, you know, new abilities and and mechanics with your characters. And like, I'm always unlocking something new. Or um, one of my favorite ones that I uh, that I came across is like you can you can set up like team up knockouts, so you can like have Spider Man web an enemy and do a knockback effect and and pull them in a specific direction and. You know, like friendly fire, you'd expect it like early in the game. If you do that and and aim them at one of your own allies, your ally will take damage as well as the enemy that you just flung and hit them with. But you can get an ability where you can do a team up where basically you can have Spider-Man or any character like knock back an enemy into an ally and that ally will do like a 
like like a like an attack as you're <laughs> flinging enemies at them. So like <laughs> it's just so it is so fun, you know. And again, like don't let the Abbey stuff kind of like um, scare you away. Like it is such a a fulfilling card battler. Like I'm not a big card battler. Like I hate building decks, but for some reason, I know the fact that this is a card battler and you love it so much has really thrown me off. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it comes down to like similar to Marvel snap. It is such a small deck that you're building. And it also helps that you're facing off against, you know, it's a single player game. You're not facing other, other, um, yeah, that's true. The PVP aspect can put a lot more pressure. Yeah. For so sure. in this, like, I just, you know, I, I unlock new abilities and I'm like, oh, that would fit in with how I like to play this character or not. And if, if it's, it's not something I think I'll, I'll enjoy, like I'll, I'll scrap the card and it'll give me resources to upgrade and build other cards. And yeah. And, and again, if I scrap something I didn't like, there's a way to like build that card again for a set amount of resources that because I've been doing so many missions, I have so many resources. <laughs> um, you know, even though Spider-Man's like, you left me left me out there too long, you know? Uh, <laughs> We're not friends anymore. <laughs> oh, no, he's best buds. He's just happy yeah. to be there, you know? Um, but yeah, it is it is a fun game. Now, it has some performance issues on, on PC, which I think is like, it's kind of the reason I don't like to play stuff on PC because it that's the norm, I guess. Like, and that's the, kind of the thing I don't like about PC is like, it's when do you hear about a PC game launching? And it's like, yep, it's all good. <laughs> Bug free. Yeah. <laughs> Although to be fair, I mean, a lot of things launch really buggy right now. Like that oh, just yeah. is how games are. Period. <laughs> it, it's true, but I just find with like it always feels like when a PC game launches, and and the PC games I play is like, yeah, the optimization is bad. It's like in this one, the optimization is there's there's some struggling moments there, and I guess it's just you know, disable the 2K launcher, don't turn on ray tracing, and you should be fine. But there is some, a lot of performance hits, especially in the Abbey, and I think it comes down to the fact that they just wanted to have the perfect combat missions. And I wouldn't say the Abbey feels like an afterthought, but it feels like they built this really cool combat system with these heroes and all these abilities, and that runs really, really well. But then when they try to take that, like, engine and apply it to you know a 3d world where you're walking around and interacting with characters there's some there's some yeah there's some glitches there and stuff but it for the most part it's been fine and i and the reason i did buy it on pc was i figured it'd be a perfect steam deck game but it's not optimized on steam deck uh even to the point where if you try to run it on steam deck after playing it on pc it won't bring your saves over i guess there's a there's a bug where oh that sucks yeah, like your saves are fine. It's just it really I guess it comes down to the fact that like the way the game recognizes Steam saves is that when you load the game up and it's not and the developers have been very clear about it. It's not optimized for Steam Deck. They're looking into it, they're working on it, and part of it is addressing this uh save bug, but I guess when the game runs on Steam Deck, it doesn't recognize you your profile, so it like attributes your saves to like nobody. <laughs> so <laughs> If you you can start a new game on your Steam Deck and, and it'll run fine, your saves will be there, um, but it, they won't sync. So uh, they'll sync mm. to the cloud; they'll be in the cloud, but um, they won't. You won't be able to pull them up on another machine. Even to the point where I tried to like stream it from my computer to the Steam Deck, and it still did not work. Even yeah. though like I'm literally playing the game 
on the PC and it still wouldn't load the saves. It was super <laughs> that's, weird. That's really weird. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know what? I've been playing this at that point. I was like 20 hours in. I was like, I'm not starting this game over. So I'm going to slowly walk away from trying to get this to work <laughs> on the Steam Deck. Uh, I will wait until the developers say it is okay. Um, but I've, I've just been playing it like a console game. I have the PC in the living room hooked up to the TV and basically been there since extra life so i just like why why move it just gonna why play Marvel now yeah <laughs> yeah so it is it is a lot of fun and it's totally worth it yeah it sounds really cool and sounds um like complicated enough to create some good gameplay loops without being overly um like deck buildy and and card based and things like that so it sounds it sounds really interesting and uh, i'll probably go check it out because like I have really been enjoying Marvel Snap. I still play it every day and I like am it's it's like pulling me into the world and like I want to know who some of these characters are. So I'll probably really enjoy uh, just spending more time in in Marvel gaming properties that aren't like Avengers based. And I know this is still like a combined cast of characters type thing, but I think I'm just like. I don't want to retread area that the MCU has has already been. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah I'm a new characters, new story. Like, I'm all for it. I want to I want to see more, not a new imagining of the same, which I think is why I didn't like the Avengers games so much um, when they came out. So uh, but anyways, yeah, it sounds really cool. So again, that's Marvel Midnight Suns. You're playing on PC, but it's uh, it sounds like it's available in many more places than that. <laughs> yep, it's on uh, Series X and S and PlayStation 5. And then I think next year it'll be launching on uh, previous generation consoles including the switch but uh if you have a current gen console i would i would recommend playing it there first but if you have a steam deck know that I, like there's no guarantee it's going to work there flawlessly at some point but the developers are working on it but, yeah um, it runs well enough on coming PC. soon <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well before we get into the news this week we wanted to say a very special thank you to our december patron ken thank you so much for supporting the gamers in over at patreon com slash the gamers in uh, we really appreciate the support and if you guys like what ryan and i do you can head on over there and get your name right here uh, also wanted to remind everybody that we are still raising money for extra life you can go to bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2022 if you would like to donate we are doing our holiday party this friday december 16th which how the hell is it already december 16th <laughs> this is a, yep. oh god this whole last six weeks has gotten so far away from me but uh it is this friday december 16th starting at 8 p.m eastern where we will be playing sea of thieves with some guests so uh do go and check that out both ryan and i will be streaming um and also uh unrelated to this stream but i'm gonna do some more streams later on in the month uh playing sea of thieves because uh sea of thieves has actually opened up their twitch drops to all Sea of Thieves streamers. All you have to do is to play the game and stream it. So that's what I'm going to do. So you guys can come and get some drops. You can come and hang out and you can also uh, support a good cause. So do keep your eyes open for that. Go follow twitch.tv slash jossplays if you haven't already and you will get notifications when the stream goes live. But definitely this coming Friday, December 16th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. And again, bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022 is taking donations all the way through December 31st. 
That brings us to the news this week. And uh, the Game Awards is basically the news. It is the Game Awards announcements. It's the Game Awards who won. It's Mario from the Game Awards. It's Game Awards everywhere. (laughs) So uh, what was your favorite announcement from the Game Awards? And Ryan, I'm starting with you because everyone knows mine. So it doesn't (laughs) even matter. (laughs) I mean, we all know that Jocelyn's favorite is uh, the fact that the, the voice of Knuckles will be in the new Cyberpunk 2077 expansion spoilers (sighs) so um, (laughs) you just had to put it that way he's done so many other things and he's so hot and you boil him down to knuckles (sighs) right sorry (laughs) i mean like what you are not sorry (laughs) no i'm not but like what uh recently like how like i mean recently his most recent work 2022 that i can that first comes to mind (laughs) he's the voice of knuckles has he done another movie? I mean, let, we can go to the. I'm sure he has. Oh, I honestly. am going. I am going. All right, let, let's let's see this. Uh, Idris Elba, uh, IMDb. Let's see what pops up in terms of 2022 work. I think there was a movie where he was being chased by a lion. Uh, I mean, that's better. Wait, unless that's the plot of Sonic. It's <laughs> well, we would find out like, if uh, Jocelyn or Gold. <laughs> Are you secretly trying to bait me into another Sonic reference? <laughs> uh, oh, man. I mean, he is from Thor. <laughs> we just were talking about Marvel. <laughs> I mean, cameo at best. We're talking about like he's in. in, in no, like the, the movie, uh, I think. Uh, I Oh, I guess he's in that um, 3000 Years of, of Longing and and beast so yeah he's been in some other stuff this year i mean but like the number <laughs> one video game movie Sonic in, i get it <laughs> yeah of, of, of all time right now uh, <sighs> grossing anyways um it uh, is gross is what that is <laughs> <laughs> uh but no my my biggest like i'll say this like the biggest surprise for me was the fact that the uh super giant games announced hades 2 a follow-up mm. to um well, Hades, and uh, <laughs> I don't know why I had to <laughs> qualify that. I'm probably still thinking about like uh, Idris Elba as, as Knuckles. Um, got a little distracted there, but um, yeah, like I mean, Super Giant Games has never made a sequel to to one of their games, um, and the fact that, and I kind of figured like I always wish there was more to explore in Hades, and it's just they've they've crafted such a rich you know, world and story and the fact that they're going to go back to it and, 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 and make a sequel where you're playing as, uh, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the character's names, but, uh, you're playing as the sister, uh, of the character from the first one. So you're still like a child of Hades. And I guess Mm. you're going up against, uh, the God of time, uh, Kronos, you know, he's been up to something. (laughs) Aren't they always? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, it, it looks really cool. and, And I mean, like, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, what is this? And then, and then like you hear the music, I, I don't know, like it just, it, it was, it was like no way they're doing a sequel to Hades and, and they were, and it's just, it was so surprising. And I mean, there's lots of other stuff at the show for sure, but I think that was like the biggest surprise and something I'm most excited about. And it's, and it's going to be launching in early access. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think they worded it like news of early access will come in 2023. So whether that means we get early okay. access next year. <laughs> That's a very roundabout way of saying like, we're really hoping that you get to play it next year, but also you might not <laughs> even in early access, which uh, leads me to believe it's uh, pretty far out. <laughs> yeah. They say they're about two years. Like there's a lot of um, there's, there's a whole page uh, dedicated to the game and, 
and there's a frequently asked questions section. And I guess uh, the developer basically said like, hey, um, we've been working on this for two years. It's It's got a lot more to go. And the first game launched in early access as well and um, was in early access for a couple years, maybe a year and a half. And, and it did really well um, in early access. So I, I think it makes sense for them to do that again. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine like this time next year, we'll be able to play it in early access. I think that's, that's kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like I know, uh, so ridiculous hat, who was our guest on our Ragnaros episode or Ragnaros Ragnarok. <laughs> I've been, so wow just came out and Dragonflight has lots of elementals in it. So <laughs> whatever. Anyways, point is <laughs> that, uh, hat was on our Ragnarok episode and uh, he is a huge fan of Hades. So, uh, I mean, I haven't played it, but every time I talk to someone about it, I hear a different reason for why I should play it. So I think I might just need to bite the bullet since there's a sequel coming and go and play it. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously for me, I'm super excited about um, the Forbidden West DLC that just got announced. So I am staying the hell away from like any video any trailers any anything i know the setting i know we're going to la to hollywood that's all i need to know they did such a good job uh vegas in particular i freaking loved when i thought that like it's gonna be the desert desert areas are not my favorite areas in kind of any games uh but i thought the way they did the desert and the way they did vegas was so freaking good so I mean, I look forward to however they go about doing Hollywood in LA and I just want to play more Forbidden West. So yeah, uh, that was, I'm so, so, so excited that that is coming out. Um, And then um, this one, I'm not necessarily surprised by, but I'm kind of just like, but did we need that though? And that's Death Stranding 2. And I feel like... Death Stranding is one of those games that like people played for the first couple of weeks then I never heard anybody talk about ever again anyone who I would um I'll put it this way that I would normally follow and agree with their takes on games who actually played it were like this is freaking weird and I couldn't get into it more than like an hour but it seems like maybe it's got this like cult following or something but I'm just so confused by a sequel (laughs) like did you really ever get into death stranding like do you know what the story is and how it would even have a sequel i mean all i really understood about that game was like you like peed on yourself or something and then also you were a mailman in the future with goo and a baby like (laughs) did i did i hit all the main plot points I mean, when you describe it like that, I, I mean, why wouldn't there be? You know, why wouldn't there be a sequel? A yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, here's the thing: it is a Kojima game, so it, uh, a lot of folks really like his his style and, and yeah. the stories he he tells and, and the very cinematic. And nature. I will say, like, yeah, it was very cinematic in all of the trailers that I watched up until we actually started to see some gameplay stuff. But like all the lead up, I was like, this is intriguing like i don't know what this is but somehow i kind of think maybe i'm into it yeah <laughs> but then like we started to see gameplay and we found out more and more and i'm like i am not into this anymore <laughs> <laughs> so like i i don't know again i didn't play it i'm not even gonna pretend that i played it or paid any attention to any of anything but uh 
yeah, apparently there's going to be a two. <laughs> yeah. It, um, ah, no, there's a poop joke in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, there's poop joke. There's. I think you can create poop grenades. Uh, if, if, <laughs> can you really? <laughs> I mean, if core is to be believed, I mean, <laughs> that it comes up often. Here, here's the thing. Um, I never played Death Stranding. I was always curious and I always said, like, if I ever got a chance to play it either through Game Pass or an equivalent service, um, and now I, it is on Game Pass for Game Pass PC, and it's also part of uh, PlayStation Plus Extra, which I did recently upgrade to thanks to the Black Friday deal. So, like, I have access to it. I've always been curious. Um, and, yeah, the story, I think it basically comes down to connecting these, uh, these, uh, these, uh, loca- I don't want to say locations, but, the, like, communities across this apocalyptic landscape yeah. and... Um, I think it always, I, I, I thought Kojima would do like a lot of one and done type stories, like set up new worlds, but, um, it also makes sense. I mean, like he, he created Metal Gear Solid and he made a bunch of those and, and maybe he wants to continue working with, with the world of Death Stranding. He's, he's best friends with Norman Reedus. So maybe once that friendship ends, he'll, he'll move on to another project, (laughs) but you know, he's, he's, a he he loves that guy. So um made sense to kind of keep running with it. And keep him around, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other um the other big one for me, like Star Wars Jedi Survivor looks great. It's coming out in March. And and again, that was one that was like, okay, I really love the first one. I'm happy to, you know, play this when it comes out in March. I didn't need to I don't need to see much more than what we've already seen. But uh I've always been like kind of interested in Rocksteady's return to the Batman franchise with, and not just Batman, but I guess more DC in general with Suicide Squad. Mm. And I, I'm not sure how that one's going to go. Like, uh, and cause I, I don't like the idea of killing the justice league, which is like the subtitle of the game. And that your, your, your whole goal is uh, this, the justice league has been taken over by Brainiac and essentially like you as the Suicide Squad. Oh, right. So all the good guys, all the good guys are bad guys. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And like they set it up as like their original trailer was Superman shows up. I do remember the original trailer because I remember it looked just crazy, but like in maybe a hectically cool way, like yeah. almost like um, Borderlands somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very Borderlands. I think just in terms of both the humor in terms of and, the chaos and chaos. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, they confirmed in this one that, you know, Batman would be returning and uh, it would be the last voice role in video games, I guess, for for Kevin Conroy, who, who passed away, mm-hmm. sadly, in, in November. Um, and I thought that was a really cool, it was a really cool announcement. And, and I mean, honestly, I didn't anticipate Batman being in the game because this is supposed to be part of the Arkham universe and a sequel to the Arkham universe. And I'm pretty sure in Arkham Knight, like Batman died or retired or was no longer batman essentially because i think his his uh his identity is revealed arkham the ending of arkham knight is is hard to kind of remember that game came out i think seven years ago and and had other problems with it but pretty sure the ending was there's no more batman you know Mm. but maybe there was more i guess there's more batman he's back yeah. Um, <laughs> or someone's back <laughs> yeah i mean i think they, they they did make it clear that like this is i i Maybe it's not as clear as I think in terms of like maybe it's <laughs> it's like in the same idea as the Arkhamverse, but you know we'll see. That one's actually out in the spring as well. Like a, a lot of projects, like uh, Forbidden West DLC, uh, the new Star Wars Suicide Squad, like all that stuff is going to be out before the summer. 
of next year. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very soon. Like there were some projects that were very clearly like, this isn't coming for a while. Like, uh, like Judas, which is going to be the game from, um, Ken Levine, the Bioshock guy. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that was like, I'm going to play the heck out of that. So like, I understand people who are just like, Kojima's doing it. I'm in like Bioshock guys doing it. I'm in like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so that one, uh, that's a first look. Obviously, he's been working on that one since Infinite came out, and I think that came, that came out like eight years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, but I get a, a very heavy Bioshock vibe from that game. Um, it looks really cool, but uh, yeah, like I thought, you know, a majority of the announcements are really solid. Like I think they they had a good pace going with the announcements, and and mm-hmm. there were some surprises and and there were some sort of updates on existing games and stuff but like yeah it was a good roster of announcements what did you think of the lords of the fallen uh is that a sequel i actually didn't watch that trailer i, I kind of I, I jumped over it it's um it sounds familiar is it a, is it a follow-up because there was a there was another dark souls-esque game that came out earlier and it was supposed to have a sequel and didn't but anyways like yeah, so I guess the original Lords of the Fallen game, which I didn't play, um, came out in 2014, Right. I guess. Um, and it's like you kind of navigate between like the, I guess not the real world, but like the, the living side and the death side. And so, which I think is just a really cool concept, period. Like I say, I never played the first one, but like the trailer looked like it was going to be a dark souls dlc like i watched the whole entire thing and then they showed like the splash screen of the title and i was like oh lords of the fallen that's a pretty cool dlc title (laughs) (laughs) no it's its own thing it's its own game i was like oh (laughs) but it looks like it so looks like it was like just ripped straight out of like elden ring or something like it just it looks like that same sort of style it looked like that same sort of like slow dodgy can't cancel your your actions kind of dark soulsy gameplay um but yeah it's uh so it's it's not a reboot it's i guess a thousand years later so it's very like ESO versus like the the single player games where like it's set so far I guess back no ahead in the timeline that like none of the stuff that you did before really would impact the the world sort of thing so um it's it's a it is a sequel it's a thousand years after but it's like very very far removed mm. um but it's like it it like it looked really cool. <laughs> like, and I loved the, uh, like the, I guess graphics or the, you know, art style of the flipping between living and dead. And it's obviously a very important mechanic and, you know, it looked really neat, but yeah, I just like, I immediately thought like, Oh, this is like Elden Ring DLC. <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> no, no. So I was like, I wonder if I was the only one that had that like moment, but I'm sure there are Lords of the Fallen fans that were just like, yay, this is my thing. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't get that. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then it was actually followed up with a From Software reveal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the Elden Ring guys. <laughs> yeah. And Dark Souls and, and, and all that. Yeah. yeah like uh, it was Armored Core, which Armored again is. Armored Core, yeah is not a franchise that I'm super familiar with, but a lot of folks are excited about that one. 
Um, yeah, and they did say, uh, I did see something today where basically they were like, um, don't worry, Armored Core is going to be like the other ones. It's not going to be a Souls-like. <laughs> so even though it's a From game, it's not going to be like a From game. <laughs> no, well, that's good. I mean, I, yeah. again, like, I, I think that... Well, I mean, um, it's not really my jam anyways, because it's, like, sci-fi, and I tend towards fantasy, and I kind of, like, watched it, and I was like, that's cool for people who like that. <laughs> but I don't think it's for me. Yeah. I mean, I do have Elden Ring here, but I, I have not played it yet. But uh, I picked it up for, for Black Friday. Um, we'll see how that goes, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, you're going to have to let us know your thoughts. I mean, you're going to have to play it before next week, because, uh, guys, next week we are going to do our games of the year for 2022. And just a reminder, we don't do categories. We don't do anything else. We just kind of do, like, our favorite experiences from the year. So, uh, but, yeah, Elden Ring did win game of the year this year. Mm -hmm. at the game awards uh ragnarok took home a lot of nods as well um i don't know like i, I mean obviously we both uh played ragnarok now and you're gonna play elden ring before next week so we can have an educated opinion <laughs> i'm just like volunteering you for that job <laughs> but uh were there any awards other than like kind of the bigger games like elden ring and ragnarok kind of sweeping that really like stood out for you uh yeah, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but like not like not really like I didn't. So I didn't watch the I didn't watch the awards. Um, I, I watched the first half hour. So I did see, you know, that um, Christopher Judge won best performance for for Kratos. And I thought that was um, really well deserved. Like I, I did really like his take on Kratos. And I thought in Ragnarok, he had a, he had a lot more more going there. But um you know, and, and it's, it is kind of crazy. Like I'm kind of just kind of like glancing through the categories, like let's try to find <laughs> one of these categories <laughs> where someone, you know, one that kind of stood out. And I think like it was a very, um, it was a very sort of like, not predictable, but it was kind of a lot of the categories, Ragnarok won, uh, Elden Ring got it, got game of the year, which I think is from what I've heard is, is well-deserved and and uh and well earned there but like you know best indie um uh, stray uh got that one um but looking at the other titles i, I didn't play any others um call to the lamb sifu tunic or, or neon white i've played a little bit of stray uh, just recently with the kids um the cat game as, as we called it yeah the a, cat game yep <laughs> a dedicated meow button which um abby just kind of like <laughs> put the controller up to her ear and just kept mashing the circle button it's like because we can't have cats because ashley's allergic and i said well Aww. guys now for the low low price of however much playstation plus extra costs we can have a cat um oh, but yeah Abby. Uh, <laughs> she loves cats her little controller cat yep exactly so she just uh she just lives vicariously through that game um but no, like I think uh, Marvel Snap winning best mobile game. That was a that was a moment I saw. It was in the pre-show, but it was still nice mm -hmm. that Ben Bro got to go up and 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 give. I love the acceptance speeches. I know like award shows aren't for everyone, but I really like hearing <laughs> by everyone. He means me. I yeah. hate award shows. <laughs> Fathers, you know it. I don't like. So here's the thing. Like I don't watch award shows, but like if I'm watching, like I really love video games. I love hearing developers talk about their experiences of development and, and, 
And uh, which like when that's what they're talking about, cool. But like some people go on forever and they thank like 800 people. And I'm like, I don't know any of these people. And all of your speeches sound the same when they actually give me some insight into what they do in their job. Sure. Absolutely. That is interesting. But that might be like 2% of all the award show speeches. Like, yeah, they're not my jam. <laughs> yeah. And I think that uh, Ben Brode's acceptance speech was really cool. And again, knowing where he came from and and uh, and he even addressed it in a speech of like, you know, eight years ago, we were up here for Hearthstone and now I'm here, uh, you know, as a startup, basically. Um, I, I, I there was only a couple of acceptance speeches that I, I thought was really were, were really, really cool. Um, and I wanted to see more of I wanted to see more of them because I wanted them. I want to I want the the game wars to encourage developers to to be able to to get up on stage and 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 thank folks and and talk a bit about the development but like uh, there was some cringe ones as well like specifically when I think Bayonetta 3 won and uh Doug Bowser came on who's like uh I think he's the president of Nintendo America but it was just a big advertising thing like he mm. came on stage and he was like Thanks to all the fans who played Bayonetta 3 on Nintendo Switch, available now for $79.99 Canadian. <laughs> and he even like, I have this card from Platinum Games to read for you. And it was basically an advertisement for the game they just announced at the show. Mm. And it was like really phrased that way. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I guess like that's Jeff Keighley's fault for putting a bunch of trailers in the award shows. But in, in the sense, like, <laughs> like they played them off immediately. Like, they started the music yeah. almost right away when it started to be just this big advertising Ad, thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, again, I'm still going through the categories, like a lot of Elden Ring. Well, yeah. So I, I had one I wanted to ask your thoughts on because yeah. um, I know you played it. I think when I was away on vacation in the summer, um, you guys played as Dusk Falls, which won mm. uh, games for impact. And like, I, I don't know anything about like, I don't know anything about it other than that was one of the ones where I think you could play with up to eight players. And I was like, how? <laughs> so like, um, but I know it was story based, but I have no idea what the story was. Like, um, are you surprised by that win? Or are you like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like that was makes sense to me. <laughs> it's supposed to be so games for impact, if you guys don't know, or is the category for a thought provoking game with a pro social meaning or message? Uh, I mean, that one, uh, it's hard to say. Like, I didn't get very far in it, and it is a very interesting game. Um, but maybe I, I don't. Maybe I didn't get that f a far enough in it to to see the games for impact part of it. Mm. Um, there was definitely like some interesting themes uh, around family and and um, you know conflict <laughs> resolution, which did not go well when I was playing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like. It, I I never played enough of it to probably I think get to the point where they're um, where they're probably what they're awarding it for, um, yeah. But like that's a tough category, right? Like it's um, mm -hmm. I think the one year uh, that that one it was like uh, something about it was the game about um, essentially you were playing through the experiences of um, a family losing their their it was the their cancer one, cancer. right? Yeah, yeah, the cancer patient, yeah, yeah. And again, like that one, like that fits into that category and deserves to be um, sort of highlighted there. And, and again, I did play it and I was like, yep, that is definitely games for impact. Like I, I, I feel that one. And yeah. I guess I just, I didn't play enough of the, uh, the games Just's for impact. Called, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the other ones, I'm just kind of looking at it. Yeah. I didn't, well, I didn't yeah, play and any of these. 
one one other one other category I want to talk about, which I think was uh, new this year, was innovation in accessibility. And this mm. is one category that Ragnarok won for that I was like when they like showed all of the other games um, and like the the things that they did for accessibility, it was like Ragnarok was the one that I was just like this, this not that the other awards weren't deserved, but like this category, I looked at it and I was like, 100% Ragnarok. Like if Ragnarok doesn't win, I will riot. Because <laughs> like they made so many like changes to how the game ran and things you could do and how you saw or interacted with the world. Like there was just, there were so many different settings in order to make it so everyone could play. And it like, they went absolutely above and beyond. And I know that like, when you first go in and and set up your game, there are just pages upon pages upon pages of things that you can do and tweak. And, you know, I talked about them from a, an abled gamer kind of uh, mindset of just like, these are quality of life changes for me. I disliked XYZ, but those things never kept me from playing. Um, but there are some people that some of those factors keep them from experiencing things like Ragnarok. And, and particularly when you're, talking about a, a big single player game, like absolutely make it as accessible as possible. Like let everybody get in and play because like, yeah, there's, there's so many things out of people's control and they're, and they're missing out and that's really sad. So I think this is an amazing category and I hope we see, you know, more innovation from, you know, cause I think a lot of these titles, um, so as dust falls was another one, um, return to monkey Island, which I still haven't played yet and really should, uh, Last of Us and The Quarry are all in the category with Ragnarok, and like Last of Us obviously isn't a isn't a small title, but the other ones are pretty pretty small. And so, like, I hope we see a lot more AAA stuff in there next year, or at least I hope there's like a lot more AAA stuff like vying for this title and kind of using their money for good, if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> use your money and innovate is what I want to see out of uh, some of the bigger studios. It shouldn't all fall uh, to the to the indies. So, um, but yeah, I did want to mention that category because I thought that was like a, I thought a clear win for Ragnarok. And I was, I was really happy when it, when it actually won there. Yeah. Um, no, that's a really good point. I think that we talked about it last week and that I really appreciate that PlayStation is making these like, huge games that i just i don't feel like we get to experience very often um and i mean playstation gave us two of the biggest games of the year with with horizon and, and god of war mm -hmm. and um they have just continued to one-up themselves with uh their attention to accessibility and um i know microsoft got you know, a lot of uh, a lot of praise for their adaptive controller, which would be still compatible with, you know, the PlayStation in terms of like being just a USB controller and, and stuff. But um, yeah, like the way the way that PlayStation has worked to kind of build in all these accessibility options with their huge games that they've been releasing is is really, as you put it, like it being a single player game, like it should be played by as many people as possible and, and multiplayer games as well. But I feel like with a with a single player game, like you can have all those settings in there and and uh it can go a long way um like another category that kind of jumped out to me was uh best multiplayer and to see splatoon 3 win it which mm. was really nice to see because again it's up against you know two of the biggest sequels call of duty modern warfare 2 and overwatch 2 and you know nintendo walks away with it and yeah. <laughs> uh oh man i love it i love it and i'm sure like a lot of 
a lot of folks were like, what, really? And I think it just it, it just comes down to like the fun, just the pure fun of it. You know, uh, you're not you're not it, like, yeah, Splatoon 3 is just such a fun shooter. And mm-hmm. I had no problem buying this like full price title to play uh, for Extra Life. It was just is so it's just such a fun game. And it, it's 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 much deserved there for sure. Yeah. The last category that I wanted to mention uh, kind of before we move on and is actually kind of a pretty good segue was best adaptation. Um, So this was uh, recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game into another entertainment medium. So uh, this one, Sonic Lost, Mm -hmm. because it's terrible. (laughs) But uh, literally, like when they were (laughs) announcing like all the, you know, who was nominated and everything else, and then they finally got to the last one, which was Arcane, which was the winner. I was just like, if Arcane doesn't win, that then th- this whole thing is rigged because like that is the best. Well, I guess I can't necessarily say it's the best adaptation because I'm not familiar with the source material, but that was the best just like straight up story and kind of show outside of The Witcher that was like available new this year and obviously Witcher wasn't new so I'm pretty sure that's why it didn't get nominated but um yeah so Arcane made me interested and care about a universe that otherwise like I had no interest in and no connection to whatsoever like I was able to sit down watch that and then just absolutely love it without like any knowledge of the of the previous content so like and I mean nothing against the other stuff like um nothing against uncharted i i did watch that and i thought uncharted was a fun ride like that thing was just like it it's never gonna win an oscar but it doesn't have to no <laughs> like i thought it was fine like it was fun it was whatever it's good i enjoyed it um but yeah like the fact that like <laughs> i don't think this was even a contest personally <laughs> no no I, I mean as much as i uh i liked sonic the hedgehog 2 featuring uh you know on Sonic characters, Knuckles. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, but here's the thing: you look at you look at this category. Like the five adaptations listed here, like are all really great adaptations, and and it just goes to show that you know video game adaptations have come a long way. You know, and, yeah. Video game content is getting good. Like I mean, yeah. video game. Yeah, not the actual games themselves. Obviously, those have always been good. But yeah, you're right. The adaptations, like the TV, particularly, I think the TV shows, um, are are getting very, very, very well done. So I hope this just means that we see more, particularly TV shows, because I think um the best TV shows that I've watched, like the that have been video game ad- adaptations, like have been some of the bigger universes and stuff. And like, there's just so many stories to tell and it's so much easier to do that in a bit of a longer format in like 10 hour long episodes or whatever in a season uh, than it is to try to cram a whole universe into a couple hours like Warcraft tried, right? Like, I think if like Warcraft had made a TV show, that would have been much more successful. So, or even if they had started with any other story than the story they chose to tell, <laughs> like start with Arthas, just go straight there. Nobody needs the background. Nobody cares. <laughs> just do the Arthas story and you would have made a gajillion dollars. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So I think that like they, they've come a long way. And I think in particular, the TV shows are really good. And I look forward to seeing a lot more in that space and a lot more adaptations because they seem to be doing really well, like monetarily as well. 
So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that. But speaking of adaptations, we did also get a new Mario movie trailer, <laughs> which was like, uh, what, a minute and a half long. And uh, we got to see, I mean, a little bit more Pratt voice, but um, it was like one sentence and it still seemed so odd. Like there were exclamations that he made in reaction to like, going through pipes, which for some reason Mario didn't know how to do, <laughs> didn't really follow that. But uh, like he he had reactions to stuff and exclamations, but only like one voice line about the floating bricks. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, I guess I'm going to have to deal with this. And maybe you just don't talk much and that would be OK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we did talk about this pre-show. Uh with the Mario voice. And I, and I think I've seen a lot of reactions. Basically I hate being, to harp on the same thing over I, and over. I really do. I, yeah. And I get it. I get it. And I, I've seen the reactions of like, you know what? This is the third time that we've, uh, we've seen something new from, from the movie. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, you know what? Um, it's kind of worn me down. I'm good. You know? <laughs> and, and until we see the film, it's going to be hard to tell how much Mario is talking. Cause I was saying like, he, he appears to be emoting a lot. Like there was this moment in the clip where Toad, who is fantastic, uh, Keegan Michael Key is like going through and and he says something like, you know, uh, this guy's brother's gonna die. It's gonna die. Yeah, and and Mario, <laughs> you know, reacts in this way of like he he kind of he doesn't say anything. He's just like, what what are you what are you doing? You know. And it was just uh, it was really good. You know. And and then there's just this one moment in the clip where he's like walking across the bricks he's like oh these bricks are just floating here and it's like mm, okay i mean it feels there's something about it just feels weird and and him failing to go through the pipes i mean he is it, it is a fish out of water story which i know um has been said is kind of like canonically makes sense in that the original mario brothers he although like you, you know you're, you're not losing health by going through uh pipes in the original mario brothers but yeah. i guess that's the idea is <laughs> is he is he is new to the Mushroom Kingdom, so ho him going through those pipes—it's similar to like that scene in Futurama when Fry goes through the the same pipe system, travel system in Futurama, and and comes out on the other side all all battered and beaten. And uh, it's the same principle of like, I guess if you don't know how to go through the giant pneumatic tube, like you you're gonna slam against the walls. <laughs> I don't like, know. I mean, I guess, but I just like I don't know. I. I don't ever remember a Mario where like he was like, oh, what is going on here? What are these pipe things? You just stand at the top of them and then he goes, choo, 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 and then you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed very like and you did say like it, he's it's a fish out of water story or whatever. And I'm like, OK, they've obviously got to give it some plot that isn't just your princess is in another castle. Like, I understand. But like, I don't know. Why is he out of water? He's yeah. also not a fish. And the fish in water was so mad at him. <laughs> Did you see that face? <laughs> yeah. I think it was just because like save me kind of kind of face. Um yeah, there's like there's a lot going on in the clip and I like again, the kids are excited to see it. I'm I excited to see it. I definitely thought it was a you jumped on my brother's head face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and you know, um I think that it's it's so hard to tell, but like my my impression is like these trailers are really showcasing the the other characters like Peach and Bowser and Toad and and Mario just has like a couple lines, but really for the most part he's just kind of like 
he's he's succeeding somewhat, but more so just like getting the crap beat out of him. <laughs> like he's having a yeah. rough go. Um, and I can't tell if they're trying to kind of like drip feed us Mario and like you say wear us down before the actual movie comes out and if they just have a lot more confidence in all the other voice actors or if like there isn't a lot to showcase for the other voice actors and it's going to be kind of like when we actually go see the movie we're going to be like oh wow you really like showed us everything (laughs) in the trailer like not much of a tease there when you just give us all the lines like I don't really know what kind of what we're kind of looking at here but I feel like um Considering that Mario, and I I guess this is an assumption that I'm making, I'm assuming that Mario is the main character because it's a Mario movie. (laughs) So I feel like that's maybe not a stretch. And I think of like literally any other trailers I've ever seen for any other movies. And it's like, you never bury your main character like this. It's so freaking weird. And I can't figure out why unless it is just straight up because of the backlash about the voice but like it just feels like for the mario movie we haven't seen a whole lot of like mario (laughs) front and center you know like even in this clip here where that we got at the game awards like i would say this is the toad cut right like (laughs) (laughs) yeah like we got the bowser trailer we got the peach trailer and now we've got the toad now we've got the toad one yeah um, like where's the i mean the next one's gonna be a luigi trailer i'm fine with (laughs) that That'll probably give up a lot of the plot because I think he gets captured, right? And so that's like driving everything. So, you know, maybe we don't want to give away too much of what's going on with Luigi. But uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know, we'll get a Yoshi trailer. (laughs) Yeah, there were Yoshis in uh, the second trailer. And I mean, like, look, um, I think, you know, thinking Mario isn't going to talk much. uh, Once that maybe once Mario gets into the Mushroom Kingdom, he won't be saying as much. But I think at the beginning of the film... There will be a lot of Mario and Luigi talking because it'll be them as plumbers, uh, you know, fixing plumbing issues, right? Like that, like not for the whole <laughs> start of the film, but that is the idea is that it will start in, you know, Mario land. Like, well, no, not, you know what I mean? Earth, I guess. <laughs> Earth. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say because. Yeah, like where are they actually legitimately from? Are they from Earth? Like yeah, our I Earth? I think that's. <laughs> that's- that's the idea the thing okay <laughs> they're in they're in brooklyn and uh they're they're fixing they're they're here to fix the plumbing they're the mario <laughs> brothers um so i don't know it's it's uh look i i will continue to be like every time there's a trailer we will talk about it and yes chris pratt's gonna come up but there's just this clip had a had a lot of good in it yes. i thought like i mean if you take out all the mario even if you just had like all the Mario sounds, you could keep all the Mario animations. Like I, it, it looks like it has a lot of charm and mm. like there was a lot of love that was put into this movie. Um, and I know that I'm going to watch it and I'm going to like it and it's going to be fine. And that, you know, the Pratt voice won't be the Pratt voice anymore. Or maybe it'll just like by the end of the movie, I'm sure I won't hear it anymore. Cause usually that's the way it goes with me with like um, animation and voices that I recognize is that like, about 20 minutes in, it's just the voice of whatever character I'm watching then. But I don't know if it's going to be the same with him. We'll see. But anyways, like, I think the movie, like the larger title is going to be good. It looks like the people that made that movie freaking love Mario and want it to be successful. 
they've kind of checked all the boxes from what I can tell in terms of like, I mean, all of the little toads jumping in the background. Like it's like their job, like <laughs> to hit the question mark boxes and get the coins. I was just like, what is this economy? <laughs> but also I love it. <laughs> so it was just, it was so fun. And it's just, someone has very lovingly crafted Mario's world in this movie. And I just really hope that Pratt voice doesn't spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, the folks that have lovingly crafted it, like it's, it's a Nintendo movie. They worked very yeah. closely with illumination. And I think like the fact that the one glaring issue that we have with, with the movie so far is, is Chris Pratt. Like I know the voice of Mario, it's a big part of it, but like there was so much else that could go wrong you know, with with this yeah. film and the fact that all of it is just working except for that voice. And even then, it's like, for me, it's like, you know what? I think, and I said this pre-show, like, I think the Mario voice was always going to be a problem. And now I'm like, I think it was it was always going to be an issue no matter who voiced it. Um, that That is potentially true as well. Like, I couldn't tell you what a better Mario voice would be. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's... It is what it is. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure we we still have more Mario clips to come. But I promise when we talk about the next one, I will not mention the voice. I promise. This is my my vow to you, TGI listeners. No more Mario voice talk. I promise. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for us tonight. Reminder, this coming Friday, December 16th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, we are going to be playing Sea of Thieves for Extra Life, you can donate to the team by going to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022, or you can watch either Ryan's or my stream on the night. We will be tweeting out all our information as well as uh, there's probably going to be a multi-Twitch multi link again from Ryan. Thank you for putting that together. Uh, and if you want to continue the conversation, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. There's a lot of really cool people in there having great conversations every single day. So it's so much so that I can't keep up. So you guys better be being nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think if they weren't, someone would let us know. Oh, yeah. Someone would tell us for sure. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week for Game of the Year! Send us your picks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Send us your picks. That'd be fun. 